0: Hey there, changemakers, and welcome to the Seeding Social Good podcast by Turnkey. I'm Katrina Van Hus, chair and founder of Turnkey, and this podcast is all about diving deep into what works to help us all do more good faster. Whether you're a CEO, a seasoned fundraiser, or someone who's trying to figure out a particular sticky wicket, you're in the right place. Each episode, we bring to the table thought leaders, trailblazers, and all-around amazing humans who are putting social good at the heart of what they do. Ready to be inspired? Here we go. Let's start this story. Um, For Pride Month, I wanted to profile someone who worked inside uh, an organization serving uh, LGBTQ population. And um, so I emailed you and I said, hey, can we profile you? And at which point you went, no, don't do that. (laughs) Tell me why you said that.
1: Pride month has actually changed this year. Um, You know, typically it's a time to reflect on how far we've come. Um, But this year, I think it's a time to reflect on how far we haven't come. Um, So we've actually, I think we've taken a step back, Um, you know, as, you know, as you may know from watching the news or being on any social media platform, um, you know Pride this year began with a campaign of lies and disinformation um, that was really started from the far right extremists. Um, so these individuals have been making a calculated effort to kind of redefine LGBTQ+ plus Pride um, and Glisten, just you know as an organization specifically, trying to redefine that as toxic and dangerous. Um, and again, because Turnkey. Um, has been such an ally to members of our community and organizations that are on the front lines fighting every single day for representation and inclusiveness. I didn't want you to be in the crosshairs um, like our friends at Target or Anheuser-Busch or the LA Dodgers. Katrina, right now Kellogg's cereal is coming under fire because their mascot, Tony the Tiger, was at the Tony Awards this weekend. And now the right is specifically targeting Kellogg um, and saying that the cereal brand is trying to indoctrinate uh, five and nine-year-olds by eating cereal. And because they have a cereal box that just talks about inclusion and what it means to be accepting of everyone. I didn't want your your affiliation with me personally um, or our affiliation with Glisten to put turnkey in the crosshairs uh, like other organizations have been.
0: I appreciate your friendship and your care of me. However, I feel like when people like me are silent, bad things happen. My my silence is not agree- is not um, agreement. And uh, many times I think silence is taken as agreement.
1: It is, and you know, I, I think not only is silence looked at that way, but I also think action that plays into the extremist groups is also yeah. seen as a win. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. Just to take a step back. You know, Glisten's longtime partner and advocate of our community, Target. Um, you know, this is kind of you know how this conversation between you and I started. Look, Target has been a supporter of the LGBTQ plus community for over a decade. Um, so, you know, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you know, Target came under attack, uh-huh. and it was not for having their traditional Pride line. Um, But it was for having certain aspects of their pride line. And while they were being attacked, they actually started removing select merchandise from their pride collection. And so, you know, their pride collection uh, benefits GLSEN as an organization and they fund the work that we are doing. Um, And so as a result of this coordinated campaign, which was blatantly being organized by extremist groups um, against corporations like Target and Anheuser-Busch, by Target moving pride collections to the back of their store in many Southern states, it told these small group of individuals who are very loud, it told them that if we become louder, we still have the ability to win. And that's how Target really started becoming, you know, becoming the face mm-hmm. of corporate capitalism and what we're doing. And it's because they backed down because they didn't stand um, fully on the side of our community. And look, right. I, I'm not taking Target side. Target is a great partner. I think Target needs to do more. But instead of coming after Target, we need to come after the right-wing media. We need to come after these extremist groups. Because right. um, the same thing with Target, or uh, with Anheuser-Busch. When Anheuser-Busch first said, like, hey, we're standing up for our community, I'm like, okay, there wasn't any, uh, like, massive um, riots or picketing or boycotts um but when there was still you know some noise you know on the far right social media groups and also you know on the dark web that's when the ceo came out and took a step back which was seen as stance of removal of their allyism yeah um, and so that is what we're seeing
0: so if you had to quantify you know if you were plopped down inside of a a major corporation and you were faced with this and you're in charge of crisis communications, how would you tell your CEO, don't do this and this is why and this is what it'll cost you? Because it sounds like, I don't know what anheuser Bush has lost in value, uh, Target is like $13 billion down in market capitalization. Yeah. So that step back, them pulling those items off the front of the store and put it in the back, um, cost them $13 billion. Is yeah. that Pretty
1: much correct. Yeah, thirteen billion dollars on paper. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to say they lost thirteen billion dollars in sales within their store. Right. So right. you know how Wall Street is evaluating the company, and um, how investors are in value are evaluating them. It is a thirteen million dollar loss. Right. Um, so look, I, I think when you look at um, other companies, Walmart. So yeah. Walmart supports numerous organizations. We actually have uh, members um, of uh, our apparel line. Um, some of our corporate partners are in Walmart as well. Walmart did the same thing. Walmart said, we value our community. We're standing up for the LGBTQ community and our employees and we're not doing away with our pride collection. So you stopped hearing about that. And what I would look at is there are numerous reports that talk about kind of the, the power of the purple dollar or the pink dollar, mm-hmm. you know, I think it is extremely well known that, you know, uh, many LGBTQ uh, family members who don't have kids have more disposable income. Um, right. And so there's a buyer, a buying power there. Um, look, there's also members of our community that don't appreciate the rainbow washing. Um, so, companies who turn their logo, you know, rainbow and sell items because it seems like they are profiting off of the right. LGBTQ community. And when I look at it, like that's not what Target has done. That is not what Anheuser-Busch or Bud Light has done. Um, That is not what Disney has done. Because look, Disney is getting a lot of slack for standing up to the LGBTQ community, but they also fell into that line where they took a step back as well. And so for other companies that could get pushback, I would say, don't show weakness. Stand up to your values. Stand up for your employees and stand up for your community because we know that Um, and I I believe it's like 87% of Americans, not Republican, not independent, not Democrats, Americans prefer organizations that do stand up and support the LGBTQ community, that they also support companies that support their LGBTQ plus employees. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we see that. We also see, you know, Generation uh, Z, which I'm not a part of Um, right now, one I don't in even five. know people in that. Ge-
0: I don't even have socks in that generation.
1: <laughs> nope. One in five members of Generation Z don't identify as heterosexual. So they identify as being on what I'm going to classify as the rainbow spectrum. Yeah. So those are current customers, future customers, uh-huh. employees uh-huh. Um, of companies. And so you really need to look at um, what it is going to cost your company when you pull back from this community? Yeah. Um, every report that we have seen, um and again, this has been this has consumed my life over the past three weeks. Yeah, um, every report that I have seen says when you stand up um, and you stand alongside our community, you benefit financially. Um, so you have less uh, turnover, so higher retention from your employees, which is amazing because we know that there is a high cost associated. With turnover, um, as well as um, uh, brand alliance, as well as just average sales. Right. Um, and so, you know, there are members of the LGBTQ community that are not buying Bud Light, um, even though Bud Light is trying to show that they are an active ally. Um, I was just at the Ed Sheeran concert this weekend at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a beer in two minutes. Why? Because there was no line at Bud Light. So, so they're suffering
0: because the the hard right community is boycotting them and now they're suffering because the LGBTQ plus community is boycotting them because they were gray and they would try to be in the middle and make all parties happy or no parties
1: happy. As I talk to my LGBTQ friends, like, they're also like not supporting anheuser Bush um, because of the way that it was communicated from their CEO. But again, they are still supporting Target. Um, And it is because, you know, Target, I think Target was a little bit different. Target was different because they were, Target was put in a very hard place. Um, Target wanted to stand up for our community as a whole, but also wanted to do the right thing for their employees that were being attacked. It became a TikTok challenge. Um, There is a group that is out there, and I'm not going to give them um, relevance by naming them, but it is an organization that was just put on um, the hate group watch list from Southern uh, Poverty Law Center. Um, that started a trend of going to Target, take videos of you tearing down the displays, as well as going up to a Target employee and asking if they um, accept and promote pedophilia um, because of swimsuits that had a rainbow on it. Um, You know, there was also, there was an adult swimsuit that was taken out of context. The adult swimsuit was made for transgender individuals um, that provides, again, extra comfort um invisibility or left visibility um in a swimsuit um and so you know how this actually kicked off was uh individuals on the far right who were taking a video of the front showing that it was a trans swimsuit but then the back of a tag um of a kid's swimsuit that was only rainbow color um and so they were saying that this um that this transgender um uh swimsuit, which was promoting uh, individuals to go through gender reassignment, um, was targeting youth. Um, And so that's kind of how all of this really kicked off um, in the right-wing media. And then not only did it, again, attack target, it attacked listen and our values that we stand for and our mission where we were being called pedophiles um, and that we were trying to indoctrinate youth Um, And it came to a head where after just three days of this, um, you know, there was the playbook from the right was to get individuals that are social media influencers. So a couple hundred far-right social media influencers had this blow-up. And over three days, we had 40 million impressions. We had to shut down our offices. We've been working with security uh, consultants, former FBI agents, um, filing police reports. We have had death threats. Um, Target this past weekend in California, um, it was our logo and the Target logo with a noose, um, saying like it's time to get a rope. Um, and so again, it is it is by a company not standing up for their values, yeah. it put the broader community um, at risk, um, which did the opposite of what I think that they were looking to do. So I think again, Target was in a very rough place. Um, Standing up for their values, but also protecting their employees who were put at risk. Again, very different situation than some other companies that have been um, in the crosshairs.
0: So um, when all this started going down, um, your immediate reaction was to make staff safe. You know, you took yourselves off LinkedIn. You took yourselves off uh, your website, you know, names, addresses. Uh, What other steps did you take to keep your, your staff safe immediately?
1: Yeah, so one, we wanted to just put the word out um, that this is not who we were. Uh It made it very hard, uh, Katrina, when it was only the right that was putting out this message. Right. So mainstream media and the far left, nobody was talking about this. So, Mm -hmm. and so what we did not want to do, um, is breathe air into any of this. So we did not respond to Breitbart, um, or the New York post or, um, uh, Fox news to come out and share our side. Yeah. Um, but what we did do is we helped mobilize a community. So mm-hmm. we mobilize our community.
0: Uh, did you make media materials for that? How did you get the information
1: out? You know, we, we put a toolkit together. So we put okay. a toolkit together that partner organizations uh, could utilize um, that also had uh, draft press release if they wanted to do it. You mm-hmm. know, when, when Target first came out, again, we mobilized hundreds of organizations that came, um, I don't want to say after Target, but came to Target as well as a broader business community saying like, stand up, stand up for our community. Um, and so we saw by doing that, it got some airtime. Yeah. Um, but when you have one press release that is signed on by hundreds of individuals, so you have like kind of, you know, it's a flash in the pan. Yeah. When you, when you kind of have it where it's individual approaches, where everybody's coming out with a statement, then you're getting more visibility. So we came out with the toolkit, I talked about that visibility for a statement as well as a visibility on um, on social media, what individuals can do. But then what we also did is we mobilized um, our community. So we spent an entire day doing town halls for different segmentation to our communities, town halls of corporate partners, um, where we had you know corporate partners of ours that took a step back. So Katrina, we've lost 18 corporate partners. Um, because of this, um, uh, and you know, you know, th- through our Pride campaign and our Pride activation, actually accounts for a third of our revenue. How did and, those
0: conversations go with those partners who left you?
1: Yeah, it's tough. Um, it is tough because I, I realize again they don't want to be, um, you know, in the face of media. Um, you know, again, they don't want to be targeted. Uh, which now every time I say that, like that is just a bad pun for yeah, what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, but they don't wanna do that. Um, And so some of them are looking at ways that they can give Mm -hmm. and not be visible, which quite honestly, with my development head on, I'm like, thank you. But as a leader of an organization, it's almost a no thank you. So we don't want people to be an ally in the good times. We need people to be allies in the good time and the bad times. And right now it is a time for corporate America to stand up um, and show their values. So if there's an opportunity to pivot that relationship, that's great. Um, and we've been able to do that with a couple. Um, for some other corporate partners, it's almost as, as a wait and see. Um, I think they were very uh, reactionary um, yeah. and I get it. You know, CEOs don't want a $13 billion loss um, on Wall Street. So like that is tied to a lot. Um, so again, I understand the steps that they're taking, um, but it's disappointing.
0: Looking back at all this, you know, it sounds like you guys reacted pretty efficiently, quickly, and and it feels to me like you did everything right. But as you look back, what would you have done differently?
1: You know, Katrina, one of the things that, and I've said this a dozen times, as leaders of organizations, as we were going into the pandemic, we did not have a pandemic playbook. Nobody knew what to do. Um, And we should have learned our lesson. You know, there are many organizations that have clear crisis communication plans that have been created for moments like these. And why you cannot really, you know, kind of imagine every type of scenario, I would have never imagined this um, at all. Even though knowing as we're heading into Pride, knowing the political state that we've been in for the past five or six years, you know, we understood that there was gonna be some pushback.
0: Um, do you think that um, planning for employee safety and volunteer safety is is new? to crisis planning.
1: I do and, and you know I think you know particularly in the LGBT
0: space. You said something uh, that I, that just really struck me. So any any mission if you hear yourself made part of someone's platform as something to fight, they need to get on paper and get the processes and systems in place that you're describing you guys created on the fly. Because it's coming.
1: It is. And look when we saw kind of in the 2020 election um, and the election before that, again, there was a lot of, um, a lot of the platform was built off of uh, women's rights um, and reductive care rights. Look, there are organizations that are out there that do amazing work in the research space uh, Mm -hmm. where they have been in the crosshairs of political figures. Um, And so again, it's not just LGBT organizations, it's not um, reproduction rights, um, health organizations, it's numerous organizations that are out there um, that, again, have the ability to be targeted um, very quickly, sometimes coming, you know, coming out of nowhere.
0: Recently, I saw the movie um, Uncharitable, Dan Pilatus movie, and he made the point that, you know, we have to change minds about the overhead myth, you know, that nonprofits um should be measured by impact. And I ask him, like, do you think we can change minds? And, uh, you know, I live with a psychologist and I have now come to the conclusion that I don't think we can. I think it's generational change.
1: We need to bring greater awareness of our trans and our non-binary community Um, and even what queer and questioning is um, because there are so many individuals that don't understand that. Um, And for them, it is scary and it's unknown um, and just like they were looking at like, okay, what is gay marriage going to mean for, you know, traditional quote unquote marriage, nothing. It changed nothing, um, nothing at all. So we have rights. So that's all we want. And that is really all that our trans brothers and, and sisters want is they're just looking for the same rights.
0: Okay, you are um, you're corporate America and somebody targets you with the TikTok challenge. What are the first three things you do?
1: One, I try to see how I can monetize it. So, <laughs> I
0: like it, yes. So okay, yeah, monetize. Like how, how can I turn this
1: into something that benefits me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's the thing. Um, again, there's no uh, no press is a bad press. Um, like uh, I kind of say that's a lie right now, but <laughs> but but what it has done, um, it is, has given us other opportunities to have conversations in the way that we've never had this conversation.
0: Okay, so, so door openers.
1: Door opening. Absolutely. Okay. Um, one, I would also think, uh, you know, is this a way to attract um, or use it as an acquisition tool? Mm-hmm. So like TikTok is a much, you know, it's a younger generation. It's a younger crowd um, that right. I know many corporate partners are trying to figure out how to get into. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you see something, not only like, how do you monetize it, but then how do you steer those individuals that are watching that? into an area where you can showcase kind of what you're about, what your values are about, what you're doing in the community.
0: Okay, thing three.
1: For me, and right. it kind of goes along, is like, how do I make it go viral? Right. Um, like everybody, again, everybody wants it to go viral. Um, how do you spin it on its head um, and make it go viral? Some of the employees that were being targeted on TikTok had great responses. Right. Um, so, because they were also members of our community. Yep. that were able to kind of come back and say like, this is not what this organization is about, or this is not what Target is about. Um, I would never wanna put an employee um, at risk where they are being faced with an issue that um, involves their safety.
0: I want you to do one more set of three answers and that is you're the, um, you're the CEO of a nonprofit that is currently being targeted. I think targeted just got to be a different kind of verb. Yes. Yeah. What do you tell those people? first three things you do it's gone viral in the worst way people are in danger what do you do
1: take care of your staff mm-hmm. so so communicate communicate again and communicate again mm-hmm. in situations like this you can never communicate too much with your staff with your stakeholders with your board think too don't give up hope Um, You know, I know that you're looking at your financial numbers. Um, Hopefully you have diversified your funding so you don't have all of your eggs in one particular basket. Mm -hmm. Um, But also lean in on those that know you and who have supported you prior to this because they are the ones that will continue to support you. Um, And even if they have already given this year, if you go to them with a problem, they will help you come out of it stronger, better, with more money to invest in your mission. Thing three. Katrina, as you board an airplane and you're getting ready for takeoff, your flight attendants tell you that in case of an emergency, put your um, mask on first before you put it on anyone else. So you have to take care of yourself. Yes. Um, The mental and physical health Um, of leadership is key because your team is going to react to what you are going through. So when Glisten was hit with this, again, I didn't put my mask on first. Um, You know, I made sure that our staff was taken care of but I also went down that rabbit hole of reading everything and trying to identify where those risks were. Um, And it put me in a very different headspace reading negative comments on multiple sites. So I think if I was able to take care of myself first, um, assess the situation, identify it, um, and then give very broad strokes as well as specific things that we are doing to our staff, it would have been better. Um, but I didn't take that advice. And so that is something that I would say to every executive director um, is you, you got to breathe. So you got to take care of yourself.
0: I want to thank you for this and i want to ask for one more thing and that is uh would you be willing to share your toolkit with
1: everyone who's a listener Uh, i I think i already sent it it to you if not i'll send it to you to you again
0: excellent good good um we will make it available in some fashion to the people watching um the group who is with us today are what we internally at turnkey call our beloveds meaning they've been to a convening or they're part of uh, an alongside group and they are our trusted ones so um, I hope that many of them along with Turnkey will be your allies.
1: Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, and again, thank you for sharing the word um, of what we are doing. Um, and hopefully what listen has gone through other organizations will be better prepared.
0: Yes, and- I think that you will help many people. All right, thank you, Paul. Change starts with just one person, you. If today's episode got your gears turning, don't forget to share it with your network. And hey, why not drop us a review? Your review helps more people find us and spread the good. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this is Katrina signing off from Seeding Social Good Podcast by Turnkey. Stay inspired, keep making waves, and let's create a better world together.